Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to the Week in Review podcast. I just spent the last 10 or 15 minutes fucking with the sound just to realize that it was a button that I had pressed in that was fucking up everything. But we got that figured out now. I'm done um, getting ready to pull my hair out. It's another late night situation. It's 11.20 p.m. Not late for some, late for me. I just woke up from a nap that could have turned into a... Um, just to sleep, I guess. What what do you call an extended nap that you wake up from in the morning? Uh, just sleep, I guess. I was watching the Jamie Foxx show, which, if you haven't watched it, it's pretty damn good. I would say better than Martin, because I only really watched three or four episodes of Martin, but this I've already watched fucking 13, 14, or 15 episodes. I really like, maybe it's the characters that I like more. Um, his uncle, um, well, let me, let me give you the premise real quick. It's nothing complicated. Jamie Foxx is an aspiring actor who moved from Texas to Hollywood to work at the hotel that his aunt and uncle own and hopefully make his big break. Now that we've said that, the uncle's hilarious. I love watching him. He reminds me of one of the old dudes I used to work with at, um, Chicago at Buffalo pretty fucking funny um he likes to gamble and shit and uh, it's funny watching them interact uh, jamie and the uncle i mean fancy that's the um the front desk girl she is fucking gorgeous i mean holy shit like i no complaints no no, no uh cause for concern with her she's just Wow. And then um, there's Braxton. He's pretty fucking funny. He's this super, he's like super tall, super straight-laced black dude who's like, um, I they they just put him in the best scenarios to make his, his um, what's it called, his, his shtick? His, like his um, fucking... The fact that he's dumb and stuff. I'm sorry, I just woke up again. Like I said, but for for example, so I don't just so I'm not drowning up here. For example, one time uh, in one episode, Jamie was really sad about something, and um, Braxton came out from behind the desk and he was like, "Bro, hamster, I know you're not. Uh, you are not straight right now. What you need is da 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 like stuff like that. Like he doesn't." He doesn't get a lot of the, what's it called, like social cues and shit that a lot of other people get. But they they had an episode for him that was like him getting the, like he's super straight laced, but then they had an episode where his parents came out and they were all rowdy and shit. And it was a kind of nice episode of him getting to, getting to realize like, I don't have to fucking push away where I come from and shit. And I thought that was really cool. Because they, I feel like most episodes where they include those characters and their backstories and stuff comes off as corny or not super important, but I really like the way they did that. And it was funny the whole way through. That's the thing I love about this show. It's funny the whole fucking way through. I mean, I just find myself laughing so often. And um, Jamie Foxx is fucking hilarious. I don't even have to say that. I mean, they... um, I don't know if it was originally on the Martin show or, or even which one came first, but the um, they also do the thing where he plays like some of the other random characters. Like um, there's a news anchor that um, Jamie Foxx keeps playing over and over again. He's pretty funny. He he just uh, plays him like this, and then he'll do some weird movement, like he'll. He'll air thrust the whole thing and say, air, I mean, air thrust his whole body and be like, it's all good. It's just, um, shit you got to see. It's hard to, or I guess I'm poorly describing it maybe, but it's a good ass show. If you got HBO um, and you need something to watch, I recommend this for sure. And I'm only on the first season. I think they're like eight or ten and I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. I had to take a break from The Sopranos. I was just getting way too deep into it, way too fast. I'm on the season three um, finale. Didn't want to... I was watching, and it was up late, and I didn't want to fall asleep, so I just turned it off, and I haven't gone back yet. 
kind of funny though. Fun fact: um, both The Sopranos, uh, Tony Soprano and Jamie Fox show Jamie Fox, or I'm sorry, Jamie King. They both have an Uncle Junior. <laughs> That's just a funny fucking thing that uh, I picked up on. But yeah, they both have an Uncle Junior. Anyway, uh, today was leg day. Yep. Go ahead. Get all your booze out. Boo. Yep. We all hate leg day. We all hate leg day. Um, Got there and I went to the back where the leg stuff was. And I saw that it was open, so I went ahead and hopped on. But the uh, there was there are three, right? And there are only two. Um, I don't want to say squat racks, but we're just gonna say squat racks because they're like attachments that hold the bar for squats. So there there are three leg stations, but only two squat racks, and um, they were both in use next to me. So I just started deadlifts, which I normally start squats. I like to do deadlifts last because if I'm gonna fail a squat versus failing a deadlift i'd rather fail a deadlift a squat i could fall backwards onto my ass and make a fucking fool of myself a deadlift i think i just drop it i don't know i haven't had that issue yet but thankfully my workout went um not horribly i mean i didn't really struggle i've I've been taking it easy i mean not taking it easy i guess i'm starting slow because um like the very first time i did legs with kevin and ricardo i did um like sets of 15 on the squats and then sets of 15 on the deadlifts. And then the last deadlift, I did like a set of 45. So I know I can do 45, but I don't want to be like fucking wiped after leg day because the very first time I was, and I was sore for like three or four days. So I'm working up to 45. I'm working up to beyond that. So just now, for now, I'm doing 35s. So I did my deadlifts, and then I did my squats. Um, The person next to me needed to do one more set before I could um, do my squats. So there was a little bit of intermission. But um, after I did the squats, I was feeling fucking like my ass was whooped. I was already kind of walking like a doe. And then uh, I went to do the leg machines because... Normally what I'll do, I'll, I'll go and look and see if the leg station for squats and deadlifts are open. And if not, I'll do the machines first to kill time. But this time it was open, so I went there first. And then I went to the leg machines. And this, I don't know if this is all gyms or just fitness connection. But in this gym, they have this, um, it's like a certain, I guess it's a brand of fitness machine or a certain type. It's called like hoist or some shit. Or maybe it's called rocket. I don't know, but. It's a machine that instead of just move moving whatever you're working at, right? Let's say it's a fucking chest press, pushing it up and down. Instead of just, like, moving the weight up and down like it normally would, like the weight rack that you put the thing in, like, let's say you put it at 70, you lift the chest press up and down, that thing moves up and down, right? That's all that needs to happen. That's all that should happen. These fucking hoist machines, they move, like, the whole machine with you. It feels so idiotic so like i went i went to do uh leg curl right because that's what i normally do after um or that's the machine part of my leg day i do leg curl leg extension and then i do like some calf shit i don't know if it's called calf raises but it's calf uh a calf machine and so i went and i sat down and i accidentally sit down at one of the fucking hoist machines because as soon as i put the i put the weight on 100 and then i went to do the leg curl so i'm i'm um putting my legs in this thing in between these two and then pulling one back. And that's where the workout goes in. But instead of just pulling it back, I'm like pulling myself up and like the whole fucking chair is moving. I just felt, I felt stupid. I hate how those things feel. I don't know if they work out differently, but no, not for me. So I got up and I went to look for another one. And then um, there are only three normal ones at the very end, right? So The last one has a dude in it. I sit down at the one closest to me. I look, I go to um, take the pin out and set it where I want my weight. There's no pin. The weight, the the machine's messed up, I guess. So I hop up, go to the next one, sit down. Same story. No pin. And that was the leg curl machine, the first of three machines. But at that point, man, I'd already done squats. I'd already done uh, deadlifts. I had fucking tried four different machines now, not found the right one. I was like, nah, I'm going home. Fuck this. 
<laughs> I'm going to my parents' house. Fuck this. I'm going to go get some food. So I did have a bit of a lazy leg day today, but I got the important shit out the way. All right? Maybe in the future I need to stop looking to see if those uh, the leg stations are available first. Just get out, get the machines out of the way, because those are not what I'm there for. That's not the motivation for leg day. I barely have any motivation for leg day to begin with, but the motivation for leg day, squats and deadlifts. That's it. So maybe I do need to put the machines first on that day. But um, tomorrow is chest day, if I get up and go to the gym. I don't know. I might just... Oh, shit. I have that lunch with Kevin and Michael. I'm not going to the gym tomorrow. That fucking sucks. Well, Monday, chest day Monday. Uh, Also, today, well, first, yeah, no, fuck it, fuck it. I'm going to go straight to it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Today, uh, Jay Schlatt posted a video on the Weekly Slap for the first time in forever. And um, first of all, that's just really nice to see on your YouTube page. I mean, I've... uh, been watching vlogmas from kelsey kreppel because i love her she's um co she's cody co's girlfriend she's like a preschool teacher she also does youtube videos and shit and um she's just really wholesome and funny and all of her videos her sense of humor bleeds through and um it's it's really nice it's like wholesome not wholesome fucking i already said that word it's um i don't know it's it's shit that you look Comfort content, that's what it is. They they called a they they wrote an article about Jay Schlatt for New York Times calling him a comfort streamer. I can't remember the last time that he streamed but um yeah, comfort content I would say. So if you need something to watch, I would go I would suggest watching her Vlogmas uploads. And if you haven't watched her before, you can watch all of last year's too. So boom, you just got a whole lot of shit to do if you needed shit to do. And um but yeah, I've been watching her Vlogmas uploads, and um, as soon as I tweeted something like, Kelsey Kreppel's Vlogmas uploads make my day, she uh, posted the video the very next day saying that she's going to miss like all of next week posting. So yeah, I didn't get any fucking Vlogmas videos this week. That kind of sucked. But I did get a weekly slap video, and um, even though it's called weekly slap, it's been like three or four months since there's been a video. And uh, I'm, I might have talked about this before, but I just really love that channel. And I love like the whole series from Jay Schlatt because in his other videos, he's like way out there. And um, like it's clearly it's clear that he's putting on an act to get laughs and shit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, that's why I started watching him in the first place, because he's a funny ass dude. But in the weekly slap, it's like this whole different side of him that's genuine and down to earth. And he's really honest and upfront about everything. And he answers people's questions and gives advice and talks about his situation. And it's um, it's like a breath of fresh air, I guess. It's like back in the day when I would watch uh, Faze Jev. Uh, I just loved how down to earth he was and how real and everything. And this is like... um. There's another source of that, I guess, but his video was about motivation and uh, discipline, which is kind of funny. That's exactly what um, me and Micah's episode was about. I was listening to him talk about it and thinking like, damn, we talked about this same shit, but um, he's talking about how he, you know, as a kid being in school and everything, he wanted to be a YouTuber and that that schedule that nine to five um kind of going to school having to every day and then you get home and you only have a few hours to work on what you really care about he said that kind of that kind of um made him cut all the bullshit away you know um what is it trim the fat and focus on what he really wanted and uh work on youtube and shit and then he has finally made it as a big youtuber at the ripe old age of 22 and now there's really no fire behind him anymore because or these are his words because he's already made it and so he was talking about struggling with motivation and then once motivation's gone it's that discipline that um remains and um 
it's just good getting to hear from him, from, uh, like, through this voice, I, I guess. I don't know. But if you're looking for something to check out, you can check that out. He posted all of them on um, Spotify as well. The video component to it is just him playing old Call of Duty. It's like an old cutcom. But um, if you wanted to listen to it on Spotify, it'd basically be the same thing. He's got all of them on there too. So, yeah, go check that out. And also, since I already talked about Vlogmas, another Christmas-themed thing that I've been watching this year is Fringemas. Uh, this is a YouTuber named Jordan Fringe. He covers a lot of old cartoons and stuff like that. He makes a lot of videos like, wait, do you remember blank but blank? Um, let me go to his YouTube channel. i see what videos specifically I've watched recently, but he's doing this thing called Fringemas, which is him going over a bunch of old cartoons and Christmas specials every day of Christmas or every, you know, the 25 days. You know what I'm talking about. And he's um he's pretty good. I like his sense of humor and everything. I like his editing style for the most part. Um, yeah, like today he did Wait, Remember Mucha Lucha, which I had never heard of. So, uh, no, I don't. But now I do. Now I know. And so if you're into stuff like that, little 10-minute, 15-minute videos about cartoons, different ideas from uh, different cartoons, like... Um, I really like the obscure ones. Like, uh, wait, remember the Mighty Bee? Like, I do remember that show. I'm, I remember it being pretty shitty. And this uh, fucking video about it kind of explained, you know, what was good about it, what was bad about it, where they messed up, and um, the influences behind it, too. So uh, it's kind of cool. Like, wait, remember El Tigre? I loved El Tigre as a kid, so it was cool to see that video and see someone else who... Um, trying to figure out why it was pushed to the side and then you also get a brush up of all the plot points and everything i think this i think this whole wave at least for me of watching like review old content like this wow i phrased that beautifully didn't i i think this wave for me started with the iCarly video from quentin reviews um where he it was like a five-hour video where he did all the old iCarly seasons, like one to one to six or something. But um, after that, I just I want more content like that. It's nice. It's nice reliving the nostalgia, and also it's um, wait. Remember Wayside? No, I didn't remember Wayside. So now I just figured out, or I, I found out about this whole new cartoon. And um, there there was a cartoon like from one of these lists that I actually started watching. I uh, fuck. I think it's called fucking filbert or some shit let me see let me see i'm pulling up the playlist wait remember let me scroll down mm, 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 mm. well i don't see it but i think it was called filbert or something it's this like it's this kid show for sure but it's like um it's actually pretty good it was this uh kid named filbert and he's like a detective for the school and he's got a friend named shit I'm pretty sure her last name is like the third, or or just third, not the third. Let me look up Filbert. Shit, if it's not Filbert, that sucks. Filbert show. Man, detective. Typing with one hand. Detective Filbert. Fillmore. That's what it was. Fillmore. Yes. Okay. It was pretty good. I watched like the first eight episodes. It's not on anything but YouTube, um, but the quality's not bad. So, and apparently there's only two seasons, and it it's pretty clever. I mean, it's one of those kids shows that you watch and you're not really laughing the whole time, but you're more of engrossed just finding out what happens next because it's not. It doesn't. I don't feel like it fits the norms and cliches and shit as as uh or clings as tightly to them as everything else does. But um, I found, I'm pretty sure I found out about that because of this YouTube channel. So, yeah, there's cool shit like that. And um, it's going on all through Christmas. And I'm letting you know halfway through on both of these. So you got time to catch up and you got time to prepare and be ready for the rest of it. Mm. I also talked about Jev earlier, Phase Jev. If you don't know who that is, um, well, first, I'm sorry because you are kind of missing out. 
He's fucking hilarious. He's a great role model, I feel like. I mean, I feel like I used him as a role model for a little bit there. And um, in middle school, I, w- I would watch his videos fucking every day he would upload. And every day I'd watch for at least two, two and a half years. And then eventually I just fell off Call of Duty, which sucks because that's really all he plays. But uh, he plays like horror games and stuff every now and then. So I will watch that. And I don't know. This week I just felt like watching him. No, no, no. What it was is I saw a an Instagram video about him. And it wasn't even about him. And it wasn't even like accurate. It said, I wish I could see him happy again. And it just showed him like... It showed one clip where he was opening this food. Uh, it was like a Cheez-It pizza or some shit. I don't remember. And he, he had a big smile on his face. And then one clip of him playing Call of Duty and him mad. Like, bro, he plays Call of Duty. He's going to get mad. You're going to see videos of him not happy. Uh, he's, he seemed fine whenever I watched him, I thought. But um, I, I saw that on Instagram and I missed out on the old days. You know, I was feeling a little um, reminiscent. So I went to his YouTube channel and looked through his playlists, and there were three or four games that I haven't uh, watched him play through yet. So I watched all those, and they were choice-based games. I don't know if you remember Until Dawn, but uh, they were made by the same people as that. Um, It was the Dark Pictures anthology. One of them was, I think the first one was Little Hope. That one had a cool-ass twist at the end. Which, I, they're all choice-based stories, right? So depending on who you watch play or how you play the game yourself, you're going to get different endings. But I, 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 didn't, I didn't look up all endings, but I'm pretty sure it all has that same twist. So, yeah, that had a fucking cool-ass twist at the end. And um, it was entertaining all the way through. And then uh, House of Ashes was really cool, too, because that was the most different from the rest, I think. Um, like, Man of Madon... I don't remember liking, but I'm going to go back and watch it. But that had, like, a kind of crew of normal people. Like, every... I mean, people that you could encounter in life, I think. And then Little Hope was, like, uh, these college students. So that was relatable to somewhat, like, reachable, I guess, from a normal person. But then this one was, like, army dudes. And uh, I'm talking about House of Ashes. This one was um, all army dudes, and it was set in fucking i don't remember where it was somewhere in the middle east and with this big ass temple and everything and it was just really cool it was like a completely different scale from the other games i feel like so i really like that one the most and uh there there was i didn't know what to write about the choice based stuff because if you know about that kind of stuff then you kind of know and if not then maybe not Maybe you've played a Telltale game. Maybe you've watched the Walking Dead playthrough or some shit. This is pretty similar. Um, but I, I felt like a good moment to to showcase, to represent that was Jeff was playing this character who has a heavy southern accent and is, I don't want to call him racist. He's, he is probably racist. He's from the south. But um, he just didn't, he didn't want to work with the enemy because of his uh, uniform, even though he was cool and on our side, and I'd already shown that. Anyway, there's this uh, really short, really quick scene in the game where you're looking at this dude, and like shit is going down, so you're freaking out, and you're looking at a civilian, and he doesn't understand English, right? But as the fucking dude with the gun, the the character he's playing it says like. You better get on the fucking ground or I'll put a hole in you or some shit, right? And But the dude doesn't understand. He doesn't speak English. And so he just starts to run away from you because shit's going down everywhere. He's trying to get to safety, right? He just starts to run away from you. And so the game gives you a choice to shoot him. That That's the kind of game it is. Choices matter. It gives you the choice to shoot him. And, you know, Jev being Jev, not a shithead, <laughs> he decides not to shoot him to let him just go. And then uh, the camera pans and turns around and it shows that one of the enemy soldiers is standing behind the dude that you're playing ready to shoot you. And he watched you spare that dude and so he puts his gun down and you put your gun down and it's a nice little moment. I really enjoyed that and I think that is the perfect, uh, you know, perfect little teaser for Choices Matter games. I tend to I tend to watch people who make the same choices I feel I would whenever I watch these games. I couldn't watch someone who who doesn't really 
like care about uh, like an anarchist i couldn't watch someone play that game just making brash decisions like um i know i've been playing these characters together like they're gonna fuck but now i want her to kill him like i couldn't watch that shit that would piss me the fuck off but yeah um man speaking of choice based games i'm just gonna talk about this real quick a new life is strange came out in like september it's called like true colors or some shit i love the life is strange series if you haven't watched it or played it that's another series you could watch on youtube that's really good and uh it is i'm pretty sure it was choice based i'm I'm 100 percent it was choice based but um the thing about that is each game has a different character with a different power that um you know comes up in some way and you got to figure out how to deal with that and then there's a big fucking overarching thing that's happening throughout the games is cool but Anyway, I've watched T. Martin play all of these games. And T. Martin isn't even a great dude anymore. Like, I have mixed feelings about him because he, he's scammed people. He's done, like, like with crypto stuff, I'm pretty sure. And then um, CSGO, I know he did. He did, like, fake box uh, gambling websites, like, doing raffles and shit. See, I don't know that he has that he's done, like, crypto stuff. But because he did that CSGO stuff... I feel like, yeah, he's probably pumped some fucking uh, NFT or some crypto coin that turned to shit. That's that, that's how I... See, that's why I'm even having to talk about this. It sucks. Now that his character has been questioned for once, it's, it's a question you always have to ask, you know? That's what I love about Jev. That's what I love about Jay Schlatt. I mean, never... They have their moments where they're like, in acting as a character and making us laugh, right? But never are they wavering in their genuineness, in their they that they don't care about the money more than this. That that's what's really important to me. That they're how they're being viewed and their fans and everything. That seems to be what they're having in the back of their mind at all times. It's not it's not all about them. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm just jabbering. But, um... Yeah. Choice-based games. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm sorry, guys. This is what happens when I just record right after waking up. I'm fucking sick of my mom's Christmas decorations. I... I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm not the most festive guy in general. I could give two fucks about... You know, dressing up the house for Christmas and getting a Christmas tree, all that. I don't really care. I could do without, you know. But um, it, it's just my mom's decorations that really piss me off because they're dangly. They're hangly and dangly, and they make a bunch of noise. Like, there's always, whatever season it is, I feel like there's always something hung up against the door leading in the garage. And if it was just like like a reef, right, for, for Christmas... I, it is Christmas, but we don't have a reef on our door. If it was a reef on the door, it would just kind of stay there, right? You open the door, the reef opens with the door at the same time. You close the door, the reef closes with the door at the same time. There's no lag, there's no noise, there's nothing. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. My mom has this dangly, like, metal snowman that is only attached at the very tip-top of the snowman to the door. So every time you open the door, even if you open it slowly, even if you open it slowly, the door opens way faster than the snowman does. And so you know that snowman's going to whap, smack against the back of the motherfucking door every goddamn time you open it. Every fucking time. And that just irritates the shit out of me. And it doesn't have any weight to it either. That's what, ooh, that's what makes me mad. Because if the if the snowman had weight then I could stop it. Because every time I open the door, I try to put my hand in between the snowman and the door to catch it. So that I can keep going with my day and not hear, bring, ding, 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 bring, 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 you know, the metal tin sound, right? I'm not gonna, yeah. But it's light, so it takes a while, and it, it's not timely, it's not efficient in a timely manner for me to do that as I'm walking in the door. I'd have to stand there an extra second. So, because of how weightless this thing is, I'm just forced to hear this agonizing sound every time I enter my parents' house. 
Maybe that's maybe that's why it's there. That's they're trying to ward me off, get me to go the fuck home and leave them alone. But it's not just there, man. She's got bells too hanging from cabinet doors. It's like if I spent an afternoon there, I would take off all the bells and sit them in a pile and hope that she just didn't put them up again cuz man, what what purpose do they serve? Is that ling 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 every time you open something is that really getting you in the mood? I'm not throwing shots at my mom. I promise. She knows how I feel. I'm just joking. Just riffing on something for the podcast. Another thing I don't understand, plants are fine, right? I got a plant in my windowsill right now. I don't remember when the last time I watered it was, but the, the shit's still green, okay? It's living. It, j- just as well as any of us are, am I right? It's living. But, um, man, mom always puts plants in the bathroom. And that's fine, too, if you put them in the window. But I remember, I can remember several instances throughout my life where I just, you know, had to lift the seat up, or not the seat, not, I'm sorry, had to lift the lid up, leave the seat down as a man, sit down and take care of business, and there's some fucking leafy shit just touching my neck, like, what the fuck, <laughs> why, why is there a, a plant on the commode, that's the least, I don't know, maybe that's why, I was thinking that's like the, a bathroom is the least life-inhabiting place that I would think of, right? But maybe that's why, trying to make it look more welcoming. Sit, sit down and stay a little bit. Nah, I'm trying to get up and go. I don't like that. I remember Dad used to do that. Whenever whenever there's only one restroom, he would get in there in the morning and just sit. It's like, man, taking a shit does not is not supposed to be a process, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I've never taken longer than 10 minutes, I feel like. That's absurd, bro. You just sit down, you know, however long you got to, and hop back up. I mean, if you're on your phone, I guess, but, dude, there are more comfortable places to sit and scroll. I don't know. That that problem was not, um, what's the word? That that problem was not very long-lived, though. Apparently he's a uh, what's the, he's a shy shitter because I we would knock on the door like hey we got stuff we need to do and I guess this would just um, uh, delay the process for him a little bit and he would get frustrated and we're frustrated so you know nothing good was happening eventually we got this shit sorted <laughs> I'm just imagining him hearing this from mom's phone right now that's funny um. All right, one more thing before we get to music. This week I started watching Chowder again, too, which Chowder, I feel like every kid my age watched. It was on Cartoon Network. It was one of the staple shows as um, kind of like alt the normal media, if that makes sense. Like not Nickelodeon SpongeBob. It's fucking, it's Chowder. It's <laughs> a certain different type of humor. Um, there are a lot of... There are a lot of funny inside jokes. Like there was the episode was just named Schnitzel Makes a Deposit, right? That's all we've seen so far. We've just seen the title sequence and we've seen Schnitzel Makes a Deposit. And then the episode opens and starts and Mung is talking to Chowder, which Mung is his um let's see if Chowder's an apprentice chef. That means Mung is the head chef, I guess. Yeah, he's the person teaching him. But anyway, they're they're talking and um fuck it's been too long since i watched it they were talking and they said something about what schnitzel had to do today and um chowder asks like does that mean he's going to go take a crap or something man i'm ruining the joke right now holy shit i feel dumb but that they made a joke based on the title schnitzel makes a deposit and then chowder asked about like him having a shit or something that's what's so funny to me i like they made a joke before there was really even any context, any context, like with the littlest amount available, they threw something in there. And I feel like most people wouldn't even catch it. So that that's why I appreciated it so much. I'm sorry I butchered it now, but um, hopefully you get it. Um, this first episode, another reason why I love Chowder is because um, you don't expect where the humor comes from. Like... Um, this episode, Chowder made poison food, 
and um, Mung was trying to let him do his own shit, like prove himself, but he makes poison food because he's a horrible chef. And so Mung has to like follow him around to try to get rid of all the food without hurting his feelings because Chowder tries like selling it on the street and shit. So Mung dresses up and uh, buys all of them, and then it's, uh, Chowder upcharges the shit out of him, right? He spends all of his money, and then as soon as he uh, gets it all off the table, Chowder's like, Wow, these are really selling. Selling these so, 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 so and so more won't be that hard at all. And brings out like a whole nother full fucking table. And so Mung goes to get more money. And when he comes back, one of Chowder's friends, I don't remember, uh, Gorgonzola, the dude with the candle on his head. He's not really his friend. He's kind of a dick. But anyway, he's buying the food now. And he buys one for like five dollops, right? Everything in here is slightly different from the world, right? It's dollops, not dollars. And then Mung comes back, and um, like I said, there's a table full. He just bought one. Mung comes back, and he's like, hey, kid, I'll buy that from you. How much? And he charged Mung out the ass. He made him pay like 100 dollops when he paid 5 And then as soon as he does that, he buys one more for 5 and then sells it to Mung. And so then the camera cuts. The table's gone. Gorgonzola is sitting on a huge-ass bag of money. Mung is like, oh. I'm broke, but at least it's worth it. No one's going to die. And he gets all the food and starts to go away. And then Chatter brings out another fucking table. <laughs> and um, just shit like that, like rec recurring jokes and then um, stuff that you don't expect. I think the most creative thing they ever did was they they had this episode where I don't remember why, but the, the restaurant was going broke, right? And so Mung says... Wait, no money? But that means we don't have money for... And then it cuts to the characters, like the voice actors in the studio. And he says, then we don't have money for animation. And so it's like the actual voice actors all sitting there talking. And they're like, we have to find a way to get more money for this, to, to get the show back. And so then the voice actors all have to do this car wash in real life. And then they finally get all the money and the episode continues with the animation again. But... Just like third wall break, fourth, I'm sorry, fourth wall breaks like that too are pretty common that are funny. And um, uh, it's just one of those shows that's not that, it's like the creator just did exactly what they wanted and the creator actually had a pretty good vision. So I, I really like it and yeah, you should check it out too if you need something to watch. And that's it for me for normal shit i guess this week now we got music i'm not gonna lie i've been pretty bored i've been looking for shit to do i listened to a bit of music this week first i started with butcher on steroids because you know me i love benny the butcher and uh this is just one album that i hadn't gotten to listen through all the way listen to all the way through yet uh it's produced by dj green lantern and man he just does a fucking great ass job I, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this individually, track by track, but just as a whole, I love this album. Like, it's really fucking good. This might be my favorite Benny album that's out, and I didn't know that was possible. I thought Tana Talk 3 just had that shit under lock, but DJ Green Lantern does pretty fucking good, too. Uh, every song transitions together on this, which I think is just like a cherry on top for any album. It, it's just... A, a mark of mastership, of, of craftsmanship, you know? But uh, not only that, there's a nice variety between the beats without fully leaving, like, that dark, grimy image that Benny's known for. You know what I mean? Like that, um, I mean, fucking Alchemist Derringer beats. That's all I can, that's all I think of when I think of that stuff. But it never fully leaves that, but it, it, it plays around in it just enough to hear every... I mean, pretty much every variety in Benny's flow that he can put out. I mean, that does that kind of sound like I'm limiting him? That's not what I mean. I mean, he's fucking... He's showing out. That's all I'm saying. And the the beats are really helping him do that. As well as nice uh, samples put in and stuff. Um, I mean, just between the two songs, Blood Money and Don't Make Me, you get two completely different vibes from Benny. One is a more aggressive, like, coming at your throat Benny, 
and the other is a, a more like not laid back but more of like paying homage you know what i'm saying like respectful and understands what's happened and what he needs to do but um there wasn't a song that i didn't like on this so if if you're into the benny the benny if you're into the butcher if you like benny if you fuck with gxfr you should listen to this it's pretty good i think it's benny's best work and um yeah next Ooh. next is a uh, pray for haiti by mac homie i feel like i feel like i talked about him a little bit last last podcast maybe but um i listened to pray for haiti which i didn't or I did kind of a mini song by song on this. More aggressive flow on Stellar Ray Theory. He was slower on Criminal. He had like a Pac, Hail Mary reference in Mari. Nice flow over Murder Seas and West Sides in that. that really nice hype up section in that. Um, the 26th letter has, has this nice, simple repeating horn. And he just flows like butter over it, bro. And it's simple lines like... Mac Hami is an icon, end quote. This is the year I get my python trench coat. It's, it's simple as bars like that that really make him stick out. And um, it's the contrast of his voice, his rough. Man, it's not even a rough voice. That's, that's what I've had trouble describing. Like, it's not a rough, but it's got like that, like that hat in it that, here, let me just play. Billy Z. Uh huh. They hate to see a dog balling like a mellow, sour armoretto. Your heart made out of jello, pop tarts and marshmallow. Unlike the fashion rebels who blast the bomb skettle, real thugs who palmetto from head to palmetto. Nashing on the gas, my foot is on the pedal. I'm never gonna settle. Fuck you mean in your so-called ghetto you claim is all vero but locked up in the bing at the singing in falsetto. Alright. You hear what I'm talking about? Like that eh, in his voice. It, it it really like hits against the beat in a nice way, I think. And um once again, not a track on that I didn't like. Also something that I, I learned um actually yesterday I was reading a an interview from him on GQ when he dropped pray for Haiti he actually or I don't know if at the same time or a little bit after but he actually started um like a fund for Haiti called uh, pay for Haiti and he's actually trying to like forward like improve the country right now they're working on opportunity stuff so like building a school he said he wants to this is a quote he said he wants to build a technology institute that focuses on Web 3.0, blockchain, AI, and eventually robotics. I want to even the playing field and give the Haitian children a chance to compete in the competitive markets that have yet to fully develop. Um, that was a quote. <laughs> Fucking duh. But uh, so he's not just he's not just making music. He's trying to make a difference and shit. And so I really respect that. And um I'm I'm pretty sure I said that this last time, but I feel like Mac Homie is just like rap boiled down to like what it needs to be. A nice beat, nothing too fucking flashy, nothing too Travis Scott, you know, with layers and depth and stuff, but enough that's like nice and and it, it sticks out and then just rapping whatever the fuck comes to your mind over it. And not really worrying about, okay, here I'm going to hit the chorus. Here I'm going to make this last until the fourth count. Here I'm going to, you know, do this. It's just, just rhyming it how it comes out of your head, you know. I like that laid back kind of approach to it. And uh, continuing with that, the next album that I listened to was Balance Cho, which trans translates to Hot Candles in Haitian. It's another Mac Homie album. This one is... I thought it was fully produced by Nicholas Craven, but apparently only half the tracks are. And I don't know which half they are, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say which and then be wrong. But Labo has some nice bright horns. Uh, Mac's voice goes really nice over it. Separation has this nice vocal loop in the background. Magna Band Remix, I really like the rhymes on, the, on there. Nice strings with woodwinds and... Uh, 
the voice just sounds really good over it. Wood Nichols is really nice. It's this nice, like piano snare brush song with uh, really good storytelling. And then Self Love was a great song, a great outro. I really like the sample on that, man. I think that's what I'm gonna play a little bit of. Fucking. Conductor. Let me skip to where he starts talking. Hey, you ever stop to thank your heart for being? What if you had to stop and think for your lungs to start breathing? Whole lot of people would be blue in the face. It's a marathon, not a sprint for the human race. Many of us on this planet moving at a foolish pace. Take for granted how the body needs time to rejuvenate. Wait, let me get my PowerPoint on, illustrate all the healing properties. That's your best real estate. Only stop to take a break here and there. Run around through the years. My body saw a lot of wear and tear. Be- all right, that's all I'm giving you, but that's the outro. I really like that song. It, it's kind of uh, down-to-earth and shit. And throughout this, he's... Um, yeah, I also talked about this in the GQ article. Throughout the this balanced show, he's trying to, like, paint a picture of Haiti and shit. Like, talking about um, people around him and how they... Uh, like, how they treated him once he got famous and... Um, Talking about like his dad, his brother. Let me see. There was a. Um, pretty sure I screenshotted it. I don't remember. Oh, he, yeah. He said like, he said when he got to America, he witnessed his people being the used as the butt of jokes and punchlines like um there's a quote he said one day i woke up and it was like oh haitians will do all kinds of crime for your pennies on the dollar get your haitians so i guess this is him trying to um trying to set the record straight or give give a better idea of what it is where he's from and shit uh what one thing i really liked that uh the dude the dude writing this article, right? So I started reading this GQ article and it started like one of those articles, you know. So I was sitting at my table and then I got a call that I needed to meet so and so at this place and so I was driving and as I was driving the clouds were covering the sun and I just knew that that meant that the, this that was foreshadowing for this and that this was going to be and or or like so we're sitting there and the the candles are flickering the the music is live and um, Mac Homie starts to slice into his steak potatoes are next to it with gravy on top you know shit like that lame ass interview shit like that and it started off like that so I was like oh here we go but uh, G uh, I mean Mac Homie doesn't do a, a lot of interviews it, it actually talked about that in this is he was trying he's been trying to stay um, pretty small and shit until recently because of the pay for Haiti stuff. He said that's the motivation for him to step out into the public is you can't really make a, a change if people don't know you're out here, right? Which does make sense. But um, anyway, the 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 dude writing the article said that even though there are a lot of bright horn sounds and everything on this, it still feels like a winter album. And Max said that's because of seasonal depression. It's, it's like hearing that bright-ass hearing that bright stuff and but still feeling sad inside and stuff and i just love that that there was that moment between them two even i mean even if that shit didn't happen and that dude made it up which i fucking hope not i i I love that there was that moment between those two because that's such a music person moment like only someone who really cares and puts thought into into that i feel like would have that thought that you know, this sounds really bright and everything. Like, he's using a lot of happy ideas. But it's still, it still strikes me as sad and melancholic and stuff. And I love the fact that he brought that up. And he was like, yeah, that's what I was going for. That's just awesome, man. And maybe that's me being a music nerd. But just just reading about that made me smile. And um, have a little bit more appreciation for it. But 
Balance Cho, check this out, man. If you're if you're on if you're with me on this Mac Homie wave, bro, check this out. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna regret it. You're not gonna want to miss out. Next, I listen to Dying to Live. Now I got some conflicting feelings about this, fam. Because I knew Dying to Live is by Kodak. Let's get that out the way. Kodak Black, which I've never really been a big Kodak Black person. The only <laughs> Kodak Black person. <laughs> That's funny. Nah, I've never really been a huge fan. The only songs I've really listened to were Z's because, you know, that shit blew up. And then Roll in Peace because of that X feature. But, like, the more that I've just been... I don't want to say... Like, the more that I just look for hip-hop and shit, I find, like, old stuff by him that goes hard as fuck. Like, No Flockin'. I really liked that when I heard it. And it was like this video where this cop was dancing to it or some shit. And I was like, okay, okay, that shit goes kind of hard. But um, so anyway, I was I was listening to new music, listen, looking for new shit. So I decided to listen to Dying to Live. And I'm not going to lie. I liked every song except for three on there. Like, it was pretty damn good. Whenever he's singing, you can feel his emotion and shit. Whenever he decides to start rapping and shit, he switches up his flow He's, uh, you know, unlike the baby, he, he he switches up his flow. I really like that Florida style of rapping where they, um, it's like A A B A A B. I guess is the rhyme scheme, but um, it's good, man. And I'm conflicted because I've, I I was talking to my friend about Kodak, and he told me what he did, bro. This dude, uh, allegedly, I, I don't know for sure. I wasn't there. And uh, I didn't do the research, but allegedly uh, had sexual misconduct with uh, a female that was underage. And uh, allegedly it, it might have been rape. I, I feel like that's what it was, but that makes me feel fucking horrible for listening to his music. I'm not going to lie. And... um I mean, I don't want to go down this album and just unlike all the songs because, like I said, bro, I was feeling this shit. I was like, damn, okay, okay. You, you know what it was? You know what it was? Someone, it was Lil Duval. He tweeted out, first of all, I don't give a shit about Lil Duval. I want to set that out there, bro. I don't listen. I don't, I'm not like, ooh, Lil, Lil Duval tweeted. Let me see what he said. But it was one of those things where they just put it on everywhere, and he said that Kodak is on the same level as Kendrick Lamar lyrically. Y'all just ain't ready to talk about that or something like that. And I'm like, mm, I don't think he is. And so I listened to it. And, bro, here, I screenshotted it because it was literally five in, five seconds into the first song. This l- lyric is so fucking stupid. Um, Even though I be out here scheming like a demon semen, I know I'm God sent. This got to be God. <laughs> like a demon? You scheming like a demon semen? <laughs> I I don't know that I've ever been scheming like a demon semen, but all right, Kodak. Uh, so like there are moments like that where it's kind of a dumb line, or it's just you know. But it I still fuck with it. I mean, I still liked that song. It brought it right back after that, and it went hard. So, but I I do feel I feel morally wrong for listening to his shit like. Normally, my the way I think about it is if I already listened to him before that happened or before I found out, then it, I, it's fine, in my opinion. Like, um, when all the when everybody was talking shit about X and stuff, I didn't believe it, but even if it was true, like, I had found out or I had found out about that shit after I started listening to him. So, in my mind, it was different, but uh, like, for example. Who's the race, bro? Tay K. I want to listen to Tay K, bro. Like I've heard two or three of his songs, and that shit sounds like it goes hard. Like, um, he he has like this. I'm pretty sure it's a chorus. He's like, "Come here, little bitch." Oh, 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 oh. Like that. That shit's hard as fuck. I want to. I don't know what song that is. I would love to listen to that. Have that come up in my light songs every now and then. That sounds hype as shit. Uh, but. He he just fucking murked this dude, I'm pretty sure. And for no reason. Like like I said, I don't do research, but if I hear about it, you know, I'm not gonna check his stuff out because that's kinda fucked. But uh, this Kodak shit, bro. Like I had just finished listening to the album and then he's like, Yeah, he did that shit. 
to a little, I mean, you know, underage girl, it's like, fuck, that's not cool. <laughs> I feel, I feel weird about listening to his shit now, so I don't know. I'm going to be dealing with this moral dilemma for a bit. And um, now you have the necessary information if you choose to go listen to Kodak. And you, you can do, uh, do it with a clear conscience if that's your prerogative. But, man, that sucks because I did like some of these songs. <laughs> I like most of these songs. Z's is on this album, too, for uh, for the record. But, um, yeah, that's Dying to Live. Didn't really talk about that, I guess. I mean, not much to talk about, just what I said. You know, nice bars. He's kind of dumb sometimes. When he's singing, you can really feel his hurt. He has a nice flow on it. All the songs, all the beats are nice. I mean, yeah, no complaints, really. There was a Lil Pump feature. That ruined a song for me. I was enjoying that song until Lil Pump said, Lil Pump! Like, I, I can't get with it, bro. I'm sorry, man. We we need to leave that shit in 2018, 2016, whatever it was. We need to leave that shit there, bro. I'm sorry, Pump. You got to find something else to do. Um, And then to, to round it off, I listened to Nocturnal by Helta Skelta. And I've never, I mean, I've heard their names dropped in a few songs before. I feel like. It was like Helta Skelta Beats or some shit, specifically what they said. But I'd never listened to them, never heard them. And uh, this shit's solid as hell, man. If you're looking for some 90s rap, like an album to just turn on and not really worry about bullshit, not worry about like, what the fuck are they doing? Or this is it. I mean, uh, straight bars over straight beats. There's nothing too crazy. There's nothing too out there but it's all solid shit like this is a nice palate cleanser is the way that i would put it because i was listening to a, a lot of stuff that's um different from each other like going from mac homie which is super um that to florida rap is, is a lot and then this was a nice way to kind of calm back down just um straightforward shit i really there's not much more to say than that um, there was one song that I was going to play the beginning of, there are, uh, no bad songs on this album for real. And I expected, I expected them to have a lot more monthly listeners than they do, but it's like 170,000, bro. I thought Helta Skelta was like a, a biggish name. It's like, yeah, 180,000. And it doesn't make sense because this shit is good. Well, let me see. Let me see. Alright, let me see if I can find where I wanted to play. Shit like track meets me. Blacks meet in the back streets. My gag greets niggas that don't recognize my rap sheet. The facts beat. The rug rings like the weather. Plus rock make cops still blocks down like Heather. Niggas better be ahead of me. Trying to flow steadily. Ain't even know my pedigree. That's my word, bitch ass niggas is herbs. Cause half of the time, half of the rhymes are absurd. Bro, what did he say? I need to go back and hear that again. My gat greets. I don't know my rap sheet. A nigga run shit like track meets me. Blacks meet in the back streets. My gat greets niggas that don't recognize my rap sheet. My gat greets that don't recognize my rap sheet. Holy shit. Just like that's all I need to play right there. That that 20 seconds, man. That's all that's only one of the two dudes, too, is rock and ruck. And they both go hard. I don't have I don't have a preference either way. I just know that if either of them jumps on the mic, bro, they're about to say some shit. And it's not going... It's like, I don't know why my straightforward is the only way that I can uh, describe this. There's no bullshit. There's no... Nothing extra, nothing to be desired. I feel like they deliver exactly what they needed to. And throughout this album, there are no features. There's nothing. It's just them two over beats. And I love the simplicity of that. I love the simplicity of this whole thing, bro. They're just like, yeah, we can spit. Uh, let's fucking put it out there. And they did. And um, I liked every song on this. So yeah, uh, check it out for sure. It's definitely worth your time. If you want something nice and 
old school to to run through and maybe listen to that not uh, not everybody else is listening to because you know apparently only 180,000 monthly listeners that's not a lot especially for being that old having having this much time to do whatever so if you want to be on something that not a lot of people are on this is your chance maybe and get a little old school in there for you because if you don't have a little old school you're missing out that's i mean it's, it's there for a reason right I think I did have a song of the week. Let me see. Let me see if I got any screenshots. Oh, I sure did. Wake Up in the Sky by Bruno Mars, Gucci or Gucci Mane, Bruno Mars, and Kodak. I did not know that this was a collab I needed, but just hearing the production on this was really nice. Like, um, Bruno Mars even raps for a little bit. I, I And I had never even heard about this, but apparently it's like a huge ass song it's like the third most played song from Gucci Mane As soon as I heard Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars start that chorus, bro. I knew that shit was gonna be hard. I drink till I'm drunk, bro. Bruno Mars is killing it. Um, I'm happy. I, I don't know why. I felt for for a while there, I just not was not fucking with his music. Felt like he pulled away from that shit that got him on initially. That um, doo wops and heartbreaks, heartbreakers, doo wops. Let me see. That's what it's called, right? Doo-wops and... No, no, it's not. What's that Bruno Mars album, bro? I know I'm not that old. The one with Grenade on it. Yeah, it's Doo-wops and Hooligans. I was just spelling it wrong. Okay. I, I really like that initial album compared to everything else that he put out because I that was the most down-to-earth. That was the most, like, heartbroken Bruno Mars, and I always fucked with that. And I guess I'm just now coming back around to what he's putting out again. Or maybe he's changed what he's putting out and... I don't know. Either way, he's been putting out some good shit lately. The um, and Silk Sonic, that shit, and then this. Um, it's good to see that he's still relevant and still making moves with um, like people who are new. I mean, Anderson Pac wasn't around whenever Duops and Hooligans dropped, was it? Let's see, 2010. I definitely wasn't listening to him if he was. Let's see, Anderson Pac. Man, okay, let me just say this real quick. It's kind of sad for me that his top five are all off of Silk Sonic. And then you go to Bruno Mars, and it's only his top two. He's still got two, three of his own songs, but that kind of sucks for Anderson. I feel like he has released stuff that deserves a little bit more respect than that. But, not yeah, 2014 was his first drop. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that he's still mingling and making new shit with people that are um, still active because... You know, you think of people who are in the R&B scene right now. I don't really think of Bruno Mars. I think of Bruno Mars in the 2010s, but he's still active, of course. All right. Um, that's it for me this week. That's it. I did not want to get up and record this, but you know what? I'm glad I did get shit out the way, get it done, and because um, I do have to record an episode today. Yes, it's today now. It's 12.23 a.m. It's Sunday. Me, Michael, and Kevin and Micah are going to go get Korean barbecue later. And then Michael and Kevin are going to come over for a podcast after. So stay tuned for that. Definitely come back and check that out. Going to have a good time talking. And hmm, is there anything I want to say? Is there anything I want to say? Um. Oh, shit. Well, I was going to do something, but I fucking forgot, so that sucks. Oh, well, I'll get to it eventually. All right. Y'all have a great fucking weekend. I'll see you tomorrow, and then if not, I'll see you whenever I see you. But till then, take it easy. Stay chilling. And, man, like Victoria said, that was a good-ass point, bro. Don't overstress shit. If, if something happens to you, let it flow off your back. I, I am the one most in need of that of anyone that I know, but 
yeah, that's why I'm putting it out there because it's important. I mean, literally yesterday I was working with my dad. We were doing something and I was trying to cut this piece of wood to fit into the floor and I had to go back at it like two or three times to shave edges off and make it fit. And I was just getting mad. I was like, motherfucker, you stupid, like, talking to the wood. I don't know. <laughs> like, just getting pissed. And Dad was like, don't take it so personally. And I didn't realize I was, but I'm pretty sure I was I'm taking that shit personally. Just any failure I take personally, I think. But um, And then hearing her say that on the podcast, it's like life telling me, hey, Dumbass. Trying to drill this in your head, and why don't you listen? So, yeah, for sure, man. Don't choose to be mad if you can just not be. That That's something I have an issue with. If I'm angry, I will, like, I will, I want to be angry. You know what I'm saying? If someone tries to make me feel better, I'll just ignore that shit usually. Um, fucking, I, when I was at home for dinner today, Grady was losing his shit at the dinner table over nothing. Like, literally... Him and Jonathan are having problems or something, just button heads. Like, Grady's complaining about everything he does. But, I mean, it was past that. We'd all made plates. We were sitting at the table. I look up. Jonathan's just eating his stuff. He's not looking at anybody. He's just eating. And Grady just goes like, or something like, it's Jonathan. Jonathan's doing this. And I look up, and, like, Jonathan's just looking back at me like, what? <laughs> it was food in his mouth. And, uh it was pretty it was pretty irritating honestly grady just kept trying to cause a problem and it's like dude just fucking eat and get up the qu- quicker you eat the quicker you can walk away look at me i'm like an old person whenever you try to leave their house i'm dragging you back in i'm got more shit to talk about trying to pull stuff out of my ass i'm gonna let y'all go i'm not gonna be like my grandpa hey and if you listen to this which you're probably not no shade poppy i love you and um i get that you just want to spend time with us <laughs> what the fuck am i talking about bro See, I'm doing it again. All right, y'all have a great weekend. I'll see you later today. Peace.